Good morning, Lake Haven. It's so good to be with you today. It's a privilege and an honor to share with you and, and just to be here to do the things that God wants us to do and to be together. I believe that God connects us. And uh, in his connection, I believe that two are better than one. That a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so he brings us together to accomplish his purposes and his grace. And, and uh, I'm very glad for all that the Lord has done for me. Uh, lately, my favorite song has uh, been talking about his faithfulness and uh, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and knowing that God has, has cared for us. I am, uh, I'm a church kid, uh, was raised in church. My parents were not uh, uh, pastors, but I grew up in church. I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer meeting, revival meetings, and women's meetings. Uh, <laughs> My mother took me. I went to church 48 times a week when I was a kid. Uh, I always say if you, if you get points for going to church, I'm saved up through the millennium. Um, but in that process, I committed my life to the Lord. And uh, I was um, going to Florida State University. And I was uh, going to go into business with my brother and um, the Lord said, I want you to preach. And I said, God, I, I don't want to preach. I said, I will be a good deacon. I said, preachers are poor, and I don't want to be a preacher. And he left the room. And so I said, God, I will reconsider that. And so at 19 years old, I said yes to God. And 49 years later, I've traveled around the world uh, about 3 million air miles and traveled in 60 countries and those countries multiple times. And the Lord has been good to me. And uh, I've just written a new book. I've actually written two books. One is called Enter to Worship, Exit to Serve. And it's been translated into about seven or eight different languages. And uh, during COVID, I wrote a new book called An Adventure in Obedience. And it's just a, basically a book about the stories of my adventures, of things that have happened in my life, a lot of um, fun things, but a lot of God things. I tell people, you know, again, I've had privileges that uh, I'm not sure you deserve by any stretch. Uh, one of my favorite stories is years ago, I went to Togo, Africa. Uh, we showed the Jesus film in a village that had never, ever seen the gospel presented. Uh, if you've never seen the Jesus film, it's the story of Jesus in the book of Luke. And it takes two hours to show that. And in between it, they had to translate it from French to their dialect. And then the missionary looked at me and said, Ron, I want you to preach. I said, we've just seen the entire story of Jesus and, and heard it twice in two different languages. And he said, yeah, but you've always got something to say. And so I got up and preached, and that night, the entire village, over 1,000 people, accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. You know, if I never see anything else, what a time that was. And we were able to send a team over and plant uh, a church there because they were a church as they started. We helped to build them a, a building where they wouldn't have to meet under a tree. And uh, so, again, God has been good to me, and I'm so very thankful. I appreciate the fact, as uh, Pastor Shannon mentioned, that years ago, Pastor Earl Wright met me in Connecticut, invited me to come to Sorrento and minister, and through that, built a relationship with him and his family, and through that, met Shannon and T and their families, and and I've been here to Lake Haven a couple of different times and sat in the service and listened to the ministry of the Word of God. 
and it blessed my heart and uh, encouraged me. And so it's just a, a great opportunity to be here with you today, and I really count it as a privilege. I am glad that my wife of 40 years uh, is uh, with me today, and so thankful for sharing and uh, the life that God has given us. We have two daughters, two son-in-laws, four grandchildren, and uh, so we're just very thankful to the Lord. So I want to share the Word with you today. You ready for the Word? Yes. Turn in your Bibles to Zephaniah. Chapter 3, everybody been reading Zephaniah this week? Yeah, 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 I sure, I'm sure, yeah. It's on page 846 in my Bible, if that helped you. One verse of Scripture, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 2. She has not obeyed his voice. She has not received correction. She has not trusted in the Lord, and she has not drawn near to her God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for accomplishing your purpose and plans in us, for your grace, Lord, that we've sang about this morning that's amazing, and Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy, and Lord, for your love and for your, your presence with us, God. And so for all of those things, Lord, I am so grateful. Thank you for Lake Haven Church, Lord, and the pastors and the servants that serve here in so many ways. And God, I ask you to give us ears to hear what your spirit would say unto us. We honor you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is a story, a scripture that is dealing with Jerusalem. It's talking about what caused Jerusalem to fall. And for you that are taking notes, it's really easy. There's four points in this verse of scripture. And so we're going to talk about these four things. And it talks about what brought destruction to Jerusalem and caused Jerusalem to fail at being what God intended Jerusalem to be. And so I believe that we can learn from the word of God. I'd like to go on record and tell you that experience is not the best teacher. Uh, would you agree with that? Uh, through the years, people said, experience. there's a lot of things I didn't want to experience. Uh, I would have just as soon learned an easier way. And so the Bible teaches us some things, and in the Word of God, it gives us instruction and help to understand things. And so I believe we can take this, and the things that brought destruction to Jerusalem, I believe, can bring destruction to us if we allow it. So I'm going to talk today about four destructive things that can happen in our life, things to avoid, things to not do in our lives so that we can become what God wants us to be. The sign says the best is yet to come. I totally agree with that. God has a plan for all of us. We are moving into all that God has for us. He created us for purpose. He created us to be able to accomplish something in our lives. He doesn't want us just to be passing through. We are not just pilgrims uh, wandering. Wandering is a curse. We are people on a mission. We are on a mission. Hallelujah. We have direction. We have something that God has called us to. You are not here just to get through life barely. You are here to succeed. You are here to overcome. You are here to have favor. You're a child of the Most High God. If God is for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. And so I believe we need to move in that direction. But sometimes things get in the way. Sometimes we do things. We zig when we should have zagged. 
I know none of y'all have ever experienced that, but I have a couple of times in my life. And so I want to talk about these things. So the first thing is it says she obeyed, not the voice. She has not obeyed his voice. God demands obedience. The Bible says in 1 Samuel that obedience is better than sacrifice. God simply wants obedience. We make it so hard. We make it so difficult today. People say it's so hard to serve God. And I'm like, no, it's not. Just do what he says do. You say, I don't understand all the scripture. Me neither. But I understand enough that keeps me busy every day of my life. There's things that I don't know. People ask me, they think because you're a preacher that all of a sudden you know all of these eschatological things. I don't know. I don't even know what that means sometimes. <laughs> the, the only time that eschatology ever really worked for me was I was going into one country one time and I had to, it was a closed country and I couldn't put a preacher. They said, what are you? I said, I'm a teacher. They said, what do you teach? And for a moment I hesitated. I couldn't think of anything. I said, eschatology. <laughs> they didn't know what that was. They said, pass on by. <laughs> that was the greatest gift that eschatology ever got, <laughs> gave to me. Hallelujah. But the reality is, is that, you know, some people say, well, the scripture is so hard, but there's other scriptures that are not hard. They say what they want to say. They mean what they say. They say what they mean. You know, how can you say you love your brother? How can you say you love God if you don't love your brother whom you've seen? I understand that. You know, those are things that God wants us to walk in. So God wants us to obey him. He just simply wants us to do what he tells us to do. And you can't pick and choose that, you know? You know, it's amazing. You know, people read the Word and they say, oh, I like this page. This is a great page. Blessing, honor, favor. I like this, we like this page. Hmm, I don't know about this page. <laughs> Love your wife as Christ loved the, no, let's pass over that. Oh, here's another good page. Oh, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, oh I don't know about this page. It talks about tithes and offerings and money. Let's skip that page. So we pick and choose, but God doesn't want us to pick and choose. He wants us to simply obey. You know, I, I've come to the realization, I've been doing this for 49 years. I know I don't look like that, thank God, but... But I have been doing this for 49 years, and the reality is, is I've come to the realization that the problem with most of us is not that we don't know what to do. The problem is we don't want to do it. That's right. <laughs> Let me say it over here to this side. <laughs> the, pro the problem is, is not that we don't know what to do. Our problem is, is we don't want to do it. Amen. I mean, people come to my office sometimes, and, and it's amazing in counseling situations. I know pastors know this. I I'll ask them, I'll say, well, what do you think? And immediately they know the answer. They're not, they're not coming to me to get an answer. They already know the answer. They want somebody to tell them something different. Because they don't want to obey. They don't want to listen to the truth. And so I believe that God wants us to understand what he wants us to do and obey it. You know, people say, well, why? You know, I've done all this stuff. When is God going to do something? And my response is, well, what else do you want God to do? I mean, God's already done what he's going to do. He gave us a world. 
that is wonderful. I mean, the stars stay in the sky. Hallelujah. Everything floats and moves as it should move. God did a good job with the universe. God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave us his son who died on the cross, who gave his life so that we could have eternal life. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Wow. What else do we need to, for power to be a witness and to do the things that he's called us to do? So the issue is not that God needs to do something. You know, I, I, sometimes I have a vision of God standing on the portals of heaven looking at the church. When are they going to move? When are they going to do so? Oh, up, oh, they moved. They're going the wrong way. But at least they moved. Gabriel, blow your horn. <laughs> There's activity. You know, listen, God just won't, I think God would be pleased sometimes if we did wrong just to see some movement. Because God directs a moving vessel. God directs our steps. And so he wants us to get off center. He wants us to begin to move toward us. He, and, he, and listen, church, we can't be just spectators. We've got to be participants. You can't watch somebody else do it. A lot of Christians in the body of Christ today try to live their life vicariously through others. And they think that if they watch somebody else do it, they've done it. No, it doesn't work that way. I know some of y'all are sports people. It's amazing how people react to sports while they're watching on television. They've got a Coca-Cola this big, and they've got popcorn, and they've got their arm in it up to their elbow, and their team wins, and they jump up and they say, we won! No, they won. You watched. <laughs> you I hate to be the one to tell you, but you didn't help them at all while you were sitting on the couch and yelling at the TV. It did not make any difference in the game. And a lot of people in the church, I believe that we're speaking sometimes to the leaders and the pastors almost in the same way, but what God wants you to do is get in the game. He wants you to be involved. He wants you to find your purpose. Everyone here has a gift. Everyone here has a purpose. Everyone here has something that God has called you to do. So I believe that we need to trust and obey because there's no other way. That's an old hymn of the church. Now the reality is, and here's the, here's the, the tough part of this, is disobedience is sin. Now, see, Christians, and you got to say it right, sin. A lot of Christians talk about sinners like they're out there somewhere. Okay? But, but there's some sinners in here because the Bible says to him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And we all know there's not number 10 sins and three sins and number seven sins. It's all sin. 
And so sin separates us from the purposes and the plan that God has for us. And so years ago, I, was, I went to a, a, a big pastor's conference, and I'm a traveling guy, and I was in this new area with a lot of, there was four, four or 500 pastors, I suppose, and I, I came in late, and I sat on the back row, and really I was there to just meet a few new pastors in the area, and, and, uh, and all of a sudden, the, the preacher up there is preaching, and I realized he's preaching about sin. And I'm thinking, he's confused. This is a group of pastors. He's got his notes mixed up. He thinks he's at the church next week that's got sin. And the Holy Spirit said, he's talking to you. And I said, he ain't talking to me, God. I, I haven't done anything wrong. And the Holy Spirit said, you haven't done anything at all. I didn't like this conversation. I don't like to talk with God like that. And I, and, and I thought, God, I'm not going to have to do what I think I'm going to have to do, am I? Because about that time, the preacher's doing one of them preacher things. He's calling for people that's got sin to come to the altar and get cleansed from sin. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm the, pre I'm the traveling preacher. If I admit that I got sin, I'll be washed up. Nobody will ever have me come preach again. And the Holy Spirit said, do you care what they think or do you care what I think? I said, I don't want to have this conversation right now. I wish I could just tell you that I just stepped out there and walked down the aisle, but I didn't quite do that. I, I kind of got over there and I, I got me a little fix on something and I closed my eyes and I started walking because I was hoping I couldn't see them and maybe they couldn't see me. And I got down there and I asked God to create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit, restore to me the joy of his salvation. And the Lord cleansed me. And I was so grateful that I was there. And then I said, God, I wonder if I'm probably the only preacher here. I said, I just got to look just to see. So I opened up an eye and the whole altar was filled with preachers. I said, thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you something. God wants us not to play games. He wants us to walk in obedience. Do what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the circumstances. I believe that it was already said as T was praying for these high school students, God knew you in your mother's womb. And he had a plan and a purpose for you. And he wants you to step into your purpose. He wants you to step into your calling. He wants you to step into the anointing that he has given to you. You need to trust him with all of your heart. And I believe that God will help you, but God wants you to obey. Hallelujah. The second point, she didn't receive any correction. Hmm. Well, boy, this isn't popular today, okay? We don't like to receive correction. You know, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. You know, but I got news for you. We're not in heaven yet. And the Bible says that the man of God has been given the authority to give correction, instruction in righteousness. You know, again, that's not really popular, but I want to tell you something. We cannot be hard-hearted. We cannot be stubborn. 
We cannot be stiff-necked. We have to be willing to hear the word of God and be corrected. We are not all perfect yet. We are being made and changed from glory to glory into his image. Now, we all like the glory part. But the way that you quote that scripture really is glory to glory. (laughs) I like the glory. It's the two part that gets me. (laughs) It's the changing into what he has given to me. It's the changing into his image. And so we've got to learn to receive correction. A great failure today of five-fold ministries, we're concerned sometimes that people won't receive correction. You know, they don't want to hear things. I, I, I pastored for 10 years in South Carolina, you know, and I, I, I remember having a lady come to um, me and say, Pastor said, if you see anything in my life that is not becoming to the things of the kingdom of God, tell me. And I thought she meant it. (laughs) So I told her. And and she left the church. I, I find out that it sounds good to say that, but people don't actually really want to hear correction. People don't want to hear something that causes them to change their life. But I believe that it's change that makes us into what God wants us to be. And so I believe that God expects us to receive correction, okay? And so the man of God has a word to share. And even though we feel like nobody can tell us what to do, but again, I believe that God has given us authority and people in our life. Now listen, I don't believe that everybody has the ability to speak into my life. But I believe that some people do. And I believe that with that, there's accountability and there's responsibility. And the reality is, is there's things in my life that other people can see that I can't see in my own self. I know I've got a good friend that if I'm sitting at the table and a piece of broccoli is hanging from my teeth. Run, get the broccoli out of your teeth, son. Okay, because I don't want to go through the rest of the day with something hanging in my teeth. And the reality is that sometimes there's other things that are worse than broccoli that are hanging in our lives and we need other people to tell us things that we don't want to hear. We talk about discipleship, but discipleship is doing things you don't want to do to become what God wants you to be. It is not just an easy road. It's not just always easy. It's changing from glory to glory into his image, being made. There's a forming. Y'all understand that? It's a formation process to make us into what God wants us to be. And so I believe that we need to receive that. I I was preaching at a fairly large church years ago, and and, uh, uh, the pastor was a very large man, bigger than I am, and He kind of looked like a bulldog, and he had been at the church for about 30 years, and everybody in the church kind of looked like him. And and they wasn't very receptive. You're a nice group of people. Thank you. And they kind of folded their arms, and and it was hard to preach. You know, I know y'all don't know this, but standing up here is not nearly as easy as you think it is. You know? 
Um, sometimes I feel like I'm in the preacher Olympics. I just feel like there's people sometimes sitting on the front row that any moment are going to hold up little signs. 6.7, 7.3. I'm always shooting for a 9.9. Nine. <laughs> I don't always make it, but I'm shooting for it. Hallelujah. But anyway, I, I preached it, and I found myself repeating myself in that church, but I couldn't stop myself, T. I just couldn't. I, I got nervous. I, I, was, I, I just kept saying, so the next morning, the pastor called me into his office, and he's sitting there, and he said, Ron, he said, I listened again to your message this morning. I thought, wow, it was better than I thought it was. <laughs> he said, I listened to you, and he said, last night you said, friends, I want you to know 148 times. I said, you counted my mistakes? I got angry. I would have hit him in the nose, except he was bigger than me. And so I did the thing that a lot of Christians do. I, got, I walked out of his office and I slammed the door and I was walking to my car and the Holy Spirit said to me, he did you a favor. I said, he hurt my feelings. <laughs> he said, he helped you. I said, I'm not going to have to do what I think I'm going to have to do, Emma. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, yes. I knew I was going to have to go ask for forgiveness. And so I went back to the office, and as I'm going to the office, I open up the door. And something that changed my life was when I opened up the door. This great man of God was leaning over his desk weeping because he had told me something he didn't want me to hear so that I could be better at what God had called me to. And so I learned to receive correction. I learned that sometimes you don't know everything that you think you know. You don't understand everything you think you understand. And God has placed people. Again, I started to say a while ago, listen, I know there's some people in the church that they, they think they're God's policemen, and they're not. I don't receive everything from everybody, but I do have accountability to certain people that I believe that they can talk to me and tell me things in my life, and I want to hear those things even though I don't want to hear them in the flesh. I want to hear them in the Spirit because I want to serve God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. I want everything in my life to please Him who's chosen me to be a soldier. Receive correction. Third thing, she trusted not in the Lord. Hmm. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, we all quote it a lot of times. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Can I just tell you, your understanding will get in the way all the time. <laughs> the moment you think you've got God figured out, <laughs> he'll mess you up. He's not limited by your limitations. He don't have to do things the way he's always done it. He can do something completely new. He can do something different than what you ever expect. But you have to trust him. Today, I believe that we've got a problem with trust in the body of Christ. We trust ourselves. We trust other people, but we don't trust God. We only come to him when everything else that we've done doesn't work. But God wants us to put our confidence in the Lord. That God, I believe you're going to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. You know, people say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's not true with God. I don't have a plan B. 
if this doesn't work out, I'm in a mess. Because the only thing I know to do is to serve him, to follow him, to look to him, the author and the finisher of my faith. And so God wants me to live for him with everything that is in me. I am. Again, I've been traveling and preaching these years and years ago. This will tell you how long ago it was when I tell you this story, but I was traveling from church to church preaching, and, and in those days, I'd get through preaching after four or five nights. We'd, <laughs> I know y'all don't believe this, but we used to have revival meetings that lasted a whole week. People say, what? Yeah, <laughs> I preached Sunday through Sunday. Every service, every night, I'd preach every night. And at the end of the service, the pastor would come out, and just about the time I was leaving, he'd bring a check in an envelope, and he'd stick it through the window, and he'd say, bless you, Ron, and leave. Because usually the check wasn't very big. And on this particular time, I was leaving the church, and, and I looked down, and my, my car was on empty, and I was supposed to go to a, another church. And I looked at my pocket, and I had $2 in my pocket, and so I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got a check, but I can't cash the check, and I've only got $2. And I heard the Lord say, trust me. And so I drove up into a filling station, a gas station. And this was at a time that they would actually come out and fill your tank up for you. And, and so I told the guy, I said, $2 worth. And then I went to praying. And he put, started to put in there, and I'm praying, God, I don't know what, I'm just going to go as far as this goes. This is all I know to do. And about that time, I heard the gas pump going. And I looked past, and it was way past $2. I said, stop! Because I'm thinking he's going to siphon some of the gas out and take some of my $2 worth. And he walked over to me, and he says, are you a Christian? I said, do I have a sign? <laughs> he said, the Lord told me to fill your tank up. I said, hallelujah. Amen. He didn't even take my $2. I was able to go by McDonald's, get a hamburger, french fry, and Coca-Cola. God is good. Hallelujah. Listen, church. I hear people all the time, doom and gloom and despair, despondent, discouraged, not knowing and thinking about all the stuff that's going on both in our country and around the world. But I'm here to tell you to, tell you to lift up your eyes into the hills from which comes your strength. God is still God. He has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his promises are yes and amen. And what he said, he's still saying. And what he did, he's still doing. And as one old preacher said, if that don't ring your bell, your clacker's broke. Hallelujah. I believe. Trust in the Lord. My confidence is in him. I've lived by faith for so many years. COVID came. And when COVID started, all of a sudden, everything started drying up and there were no meetings and no, not only no travel internationally, but there was no travel nationally. There was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. I was sitting at home. 
And I started to have a little bit of discouragement. God, what am I going to do? And the Lord said, trust me. My testimony is, is I had more income come in during COVID than I ever had before. God took care of me. God met all of our needs. He supplied everything for us. I've got good news for you, child of God. God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you, but he'll be with you always to the end of the world. Trust him. You say, that's because you're a preacher. No, it's not. It's because I trust him. Because I believe in him. Because I love him. And I do not lean to my own understanding. I decided to put my confidence in him and say, God, Lord, I'm yours. Everything I am, everything I'm not, everything I ever will be, God, I place it in your hands. That's what God wants from every one of us. He wants us to put our life in him and believe that he will do what he said he would do. Number four, she's not drawn near to her God. You know the scripture in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, God is everywhere, right? So it's not about a physical step. It's not about reaching out your hand. It's about your heart. Drawing near to God with your heart. It's about saying, God, I know that you have the answer. I know that without you, I can do nothing. And so God doesn't want us just to trust in him, but he wants us to move into his presence. Let me tell you something, church. I'm more convinced after these 49 years of ministry today that God can do more in 30 seconds than I can do in 30 years. My confidence is for his presence. We sang a song this morning, the worship team, you did such a great job. It talked about being in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is life everlasting. In his presence is healing. In his presence is hope. In his presence is every good thing that comes from the hand of God. It comes from being in his presence. Draw near to God. Oh, I believe that God wants us to find a place in the secret place (laughs) under the wings of the Almighty and know that God will meet us there. I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She had exhausted all of her resources. She had gone as far as she knew to go. I think a lot of us are like that. We've done everything we know to do. Everything in the natural that we know to do, we've tried to do. We've tried to make it happen. We've tried to facilitate and help God. She was on her hands and knees and she pressed through the crowd. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment. I believe she put a demand on the anointing. I believe she put a demand to say, I've got to touch him because if I can't get it from him, there's nowhere else to go. 
It's only through him and by him and with him that my need can be met. And the Bible says she was made completely whole. I believe that it's in his presence. One of the things that I've been praying for, Lake Haven Church, is for the glory cloud of God to descend one more time into the hearts and lives of his people. And that we would be have an encounter with God. I loved what Pastor Shannon was talking about, the mission to engage with God, to have an encounter with Jesus, to have an encounter with the mighty God, to know him. Yes. Not just know about him. Not just hear from somebody else. But to have a relationship that says it's in him. That Paul said, I live and move and have my being. I believe that what God wants from us is a place of being, let me say it this way, people around our community, they're not really interested in what we got on our sign or the other, they're interested in whether the presence of God, they need an encounter with Almighty God. They've heard all the messages, they've had all the different uh, 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 facilities. They've had all the teaching. They've heard all the different things. What they need is a touch from him that changes everything. And it comes from being in his presence. I've had a lot of neat things happen in my life. I've sat with governors and I've sat with senators and I've sat with presidents I have sat with kings in other countries. I've sat with princes. But I'll tell you this, there's nothing like being in the presence of Jesus, the Son of God, the one who loved me when I was unlovable, who gave himself for me that through him I might have life and that more abundantly. My prayer today, Lake Haven, is not that you would just come to a service and spectate and not watch somebody else do something and walk out and say, we won! But you'd walk out saying, we were in it. We were in the game. We were in the process. We were in the move. We were in the power. We were in the anointing. I believe and what God's looking for in some of us is to get off of the bench and get in the game and reach out and say, God, I can't go on without a touch from you. I can't make it, Lord, unless you go with me. Your promise is that you'd go with me. And God, I need to feel that. I need to understand that. I need to receive that. And church, I'm telling you today, you that are in this room, Whatever you need from God, if you need healing, he's the healer. And in his presence, there's healing. I have seen cancers fall off. I have seen blinded eyes healed. I have seen deaf ears open. I have seen the power of God. And I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I believe that if you need emotional healing, there's peace in him, in his presence. 
Some of you are distraught because of situations in your family and the difficulties of jobs and all the things that are going around you. But I'm telling you today that in his presence, there's peace. Some of you are struggling because of all the things that are happening, but I got good news for you. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory in his presence. I want you to stand, would you? All over the room. I'd like for the prayer team to come. Some of the worship team to come, if they will, or do it on the music if you do it on the... CD, that's fine, but just to give us something. But I want you just to bow your head for just a moment. Here's what I want to ask you. The first thing that I believe the Lord spoke to me today as I was praying about this is, are you obeying what God's called you to do? I'm convinced that there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that the Lord told you something 20 years ago, and maybe you're waiting for the right moment. Maybe you're waiting for some event. Maybe you're waiting for something to happen. I'm here to tell you, today's the day. Now's the time. This is the hour to step into what God has called you to do. And so I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room today, and if you feel like the Lord has called you to something that you have not obeyed Him in, I'd like you to just raise your hand and say, Ron, pray for me today. Would you do that all over the building? All over the building, God's called you to something, but you haven't really obeyed in the way that you know you need to. So, Father, right now, I pray for every person that's got their hand raised, and I pray that today would be the day of obedience. I pray that today would be the day of movement, that today would be the day, Lord, that they would step into their calling and their anointing and their purpose, and more than anything else, step into their destiny, God. And so I ask you to do that, Lord, because it's not by might or by power, but it's by your Spirit, that, Lord, that you have called them to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so I thank you for it, Father. And, Lord, I'm believing that they're going to, in the next days, that they're going to call the pastors and team leaders, and they're going to say, hey, I've been sitting on the sideline, but I want to get in the game. And I want to participate and do what God has called me to. Help me to find that place. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, here's what I want to do in the final part of this message that the Lord has put in my heart. I hope I convey to you, church, I believe, I'm praying, I want to see the Lord move in a capacity. Some of us have prayed for something for years and we've gotten close. We've, we, we've, we've touched the outer edges, but I believe that God wants us to move into something more than what he has given to us in the past. But I believe that some of us are struggling because we have physical issues, because we have financial issues because we have emotional issues and so I'm going to ask you today for just a moment we're not going to take a long time we're not going to take forever to do this but I'm just going to ask you if you're here in the service and you need a touch from God that only comes from his presence it's not about me it's not even about the worship team it's not about the prayer team it's about we're a point of contact but I believe that he is here and because he's here, I believe that he will set you free. We sang a song 
actually a couple of songs this morning about being free, about the freedom of God. And so I'm just going to ask you today, if you need a touch from God from His presence for healing physically, emotionally, for a touch financially, for God to renew your mind, for God to help you to get through this season of your life, you know that you need something from Him today that comes from His presence. I've got good news for you. He is here. And so I'm going to ask you just to step out for just a moment and come down here and the team's going to pray and I'm going to pray over you, but I just want you to make a movement, a physical movement, showing a spiritual movement towards God. So if you need something from His presence, I want you to step out and come right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prayer team is standing here. Y'all just stand, just kind of line up here in the front. Yeah, however you want to. And I told you earlier at the very beginning of the service that I've been in church a bunch in my life. It's not just about church. It's about His presence. It's about the Lord touching us in a way that only He can do. And so we're going to pray for you, the prayer team, pastors, whoever, to you, this is open. It's not just, you know, this isn't about just me. I'm going to pray for some of you, but I just want us to pray for a moment or two, and then Pastor Shannon's going to come and take the service and lead us into whatever we need to do next. But, but I just believe that God is going to do something for you today that I believe is going to be transforming to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Would y'all just join me in the congregation? Lift your hands this direction. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we pray for these. <laughs> Lord, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Healing to the physical. Healing to the emotion. Lord, I speak right now that the devil is a liar and the father of lies. And I come against the enemy who would try to steal and kill and destroy. And in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that God, that these would be free and whom the Son sets free would be free indeed. I thank you for it, Father, right now for doing what no other power could do. Let the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage and set captives free, let that anointing, Lord, I believe, flow right now. Cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, let the anointing, mighty God, mighty God, hallelujah, let the anointing, kataba, hallelujah. Lord, let the anointing, let the anointing of your Holy Spirit flow right now, Lord, through these, God, right now. Do what no other power can do. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Right now, Father, let the anointing, whoo, hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, spirit of, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. River of life flow through her right now, God. Hallelujah, wash away. 
Wash away all the pain and all the hurt in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name that's above every other name, let the power, the anointing of your Holy Spirit, God, let your presence saturate us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name. Hmm. Ah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, let the fire of God burn. Burn. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the day of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. Thank you right now for the presence. Thank you right now, Lord, that you're doing what no other power can do. Hallelujah. Lord, you began something in my brother. Lord, bring it to completion. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you right now, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for touching. Thank you, Lord, right now. Mm. Spirit of the living God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, right now for your touch. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your touch right now. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God. Right now, Lord, in your presence is everything that we need. Thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. 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 There's just such a you, uh, spirit of consecration Thank and opportunity. You, Thank you, Jesus. We're not spectators, Thank you, Jesus. right? Thank you, Jesus. So in Lord the congregation, I just want to encourage Hallelujah. you, close your eyes for a second. Hallelujah. Just connect with what Hallelujah. the Lord has been saying to you. Hallelujah. Because he's been Hallelujah. speaking to each one of us. Hallelujah. Spirit of God. Hallelujah. What's he saying to you? This is an opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Remember that you don't need to You don't need to be made righteous again. That's right. Hallelujah. 
You have been, you, if you receive Jesus, you have stepped into his righteousness. But what an opportunity to hear the wisdom of God, to surrender, to understand these, this, these minefields that have been placed before us or are in the world around us, to step around these mines that can really hamper our path. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for what you're doing in these hearts. Each heart surrendered right now. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. For you watching online, too, I want to encourage you. You, you may be online, but connect with that right now. Remember those four areas. Consecrate yourself in that moment to listen to his voice, to accept his correction. Decide, I will have a correctable heart to trust in the Lord. I will trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And draw near to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It's a beautiful opportunity to consecrate. I'm sorry we don't have our communion elements here. I always love to have communion. But we have it every Wednesday night. And, um, but know that the, these things are so beautiful. When you, when you can just consecrate your heart and your life to the Lord, your motives and what's happening in your heart. Thank you, Father. Right now, God, in Jesus' name, God, I pray, let the presence, the presence of God, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the, the new covenant in His blood has forgiven us and set us free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your body was broken for us. And like Ron said, that woman who pressed through the crowd, she knew that if she could just touch Him, Ron, feel free if you have anything else, you go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, be, won't you be seated for a second? Staying in that, that moment of that, that attitude of prayer, just close your eyes for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. You teach us and lead us and guide us. We hear what you're saying to us. Thank you for wisdom, Father. Thank you for warnings. Thank you for encouragement. Thank you for loving us so much. If you don't know Jesus and you have not received Jesus, absolutely, this is the time to call on the name of the Lord because He will save you right where you're at. There's not a magic prayer, but it's just calling out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't save myself, but you can. Whether you're online watching this or you're here, that's where it starts. You just say, Jesus, I need you. You are Savior, 
And I need you to do that. I need you to just save me. And I receive you. I declare you as Lord of my life. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Man, he's such a good Savior. If that's a prayer in your heart today, please don't go home before you connect with one of us. We, we want to make sure we get some material into your hand. It's not about joining Lake Haven, but we want to help you on your way um, and lead you in a direction. And um, I didn't say earlier, but we, we don't receive um, offering, you know, passing plates or buckets or anything like that. But we have boxes on the wall at the exits, those two exits back there. And, and so if you come prepared or you write paper checks or whatever, remember that um, if, if we encourage you to give to our guest speaker and you can make it your check to Lake Haven Church and write on, on the, um, on the uh, uh, envelope that it's going to be to our guest speaker. And um, just drop it on the box on the way out. If you'd like to give online, you can do that. There's a place for you to, to give um, to our guest speaker online. So we want to encourage you um, to do that. Um, we, we, we certainly appreciate that. We want to we receive what God has given us, you know, um, in Ron. And, and Ron, we appreciate your ministry. Thank you, sir. for being Amen. Amen.